welcome to season two of the Anxiously Engaged podcast. I am your host, Rachel Curfew. But if we haven't met yet, I'm a wife, a mother, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and a certified coach specializing in anxiety and helping individuals live their life even more anxiously engaged. You might be thinking, what does that mean? Being anxiously engaged is quite the opposite of being anxious. It's about stepping out of anxiety, out of your fears, and out of the shadows of your life, and moving carefully into the light where you get to really shine as you live your life filled with passion, excitement, and energy. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the Anxiously Engaged podcast. I am so excited you guys are joining us again because we have another amazing guest joining us today. Um, I um, have Michelle Cox on here with us and she is a parent and family life coach. I've had the pleasure of getting to know these last several months and she's doing some amazing things in her arena. Um, that her arena is definitely not my arena. So I am grateful for her. Um, and the work that she's doing. Um, Michelle, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes, we are super excited. I know I'm going to learn a lot and be inspired today by your work and your stories. So, um, but I wanted to ask you first thing, um, one of the things I've noticed, because it's true with me and it's true with a lot of the other coaches I've worked with um, or connected with, is that oftentimes, we work in an area where we have some personal experience and I am an anxiety coach because I have had a lifetime of personal experiences between myself and my children with anxiety and all that comes with anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, parent and family life coaching means I'm guessing that there's been some things around your parenting and your children that um, have given you some personal experience in that area. So tell us, will you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into into the arena that you're in? Absolutely. And the same definitely holds true for me. This was not an area that came naturally to me. I was a teacher by trade. I was an elementary teacher. And so when I entered the world of motherhood, I, you know, if I'm being honest, I really thought I was going to be the greatest mom ever. And because I was around kids, I was familiar with them and I would watch families and, and parents with a fair amount of judgment. And I would think, oh, my kids are never going to do that. <laughs> right. And you can imagine how long that lasted and was true in my life. Mm, not long. You know, you hold that new little baby in your arms and you're like, oh, actually, I have no clue how to even give you a bath, let alone raise you into a decent human being. Right. right. And so as our kids grew, we had four kids, six and under, and we had a busy household. It was a little bit of constant chaos and crazy just with that many kids. I had three boys and then my youngest was a little girl. So you add that extra little young boy energy, you know, kind of on top of one another and it was busy and we were doing all right. And then there were some shifts and one of our amidst the chaos and amidst the busy, one of our kids in particular really struggled and really stretched and tested me and my husband as parents. And I remember, if, 
you know, when he was about three, when he was about three, we had reached a point where we were just constantly butting heads. And I had tried everything that I knew and everything I tried was failing. And in the, the, the thing, the new things I would learn, I would read the books. I would, you know, listen to tapes at that point in time. There weren't even podcasts, right? Um, I was attending parenting classes religiously. And so I would try something new and maybe a few things would work, but they were short-lived and they were temporary. And what was building inside me during that point in time was just, I felt like everywhere I turned, there was this affirmation and proof that I was failing and that I actually was, was not a good mom and I didn't have what it took. And I fought through that with knowledge. I pushed through that with wanting to control the, you know, my family and my little kid's life. And our little guy who was struggling would have none of it, mm, would have wow. none of it. And we reached a point where he hated me openly and I loved him because I was his mom, right. but I didn't like him. Yeah. And I knew if I could just fix him, if I could just fix him and fix his behaviors, then everything in our world would settle down. Mm. Everything would calm down. That was my firm belief. If I could fix this kid, everything would be okay. And I remember one day sitting on, a, I, I had agreed to meet with a parent coach and and because I, I just needed more one-on-one -on -one help. And I was sitting there and I just started to cry. And I was like, I am so tired. I am so worn out. I think I have a good life and I hate it. And my kid doesn't even like me. And I mean, you know, to give you some examples, we, every time I would get after him or every time I would try to correct him, and that's what I was trying to do constantly was correct him. He would just belly laugh, just right in my face. Just look at me and just belly laugh. Yeah. And over and over and over and over again, I was just getting angry. I was just so angry. I'm like, this isn't funny. This isn't funny. And so even with the help of a parent coach and getting tools and trying things, it was success, failure, success, failure, success, failure. And I just felt like I'm out. I, I got nothing left. And so that's, I mean, that's kind of our family journey through it. And there was a point and I had been working with this parent coach for a long time. It's, I mean, I get it now after working with a lot of the, a lot, a lot of families, but at the time I was so embarrassed but I'd been working with her for two or three years. And this little guy was now about five or six. And we'd made some strides, but it was not significant. It was not. And what was happening is the relationships were being more and more strained. And now it wasn't just the relationship of this kiddo. It was a relationship between my husband and I. It was a relationship between me and my other kids. It was my relationship with my peers because what I saw was that they had it figured out. They were doing it. Their kids were behaving. Their houses were clean. They could move and not have their whole world fall apart. Everybody around me had it figured out and I didn't. Um, and then there was a point where gratefully with some guidance, I realized I was chasing the wrong end goal. 
I was chasing the wrong thing. I couldn't control a child's behavior and I was never, ever going to be able to control a child's behavior. And so with a strong invitation, I began looking at myself and I began looking at my part and my contributions. And that was kind of ugly. And it wasn't because I was a failure. It was because he was hurting, my family was hurting and I was hurting and we were afraid. And I didn't have a clue at the time, but my anxiety was building and slowly, you know, becoming a key part of how I functioned. And when we began to look at things that way, that's when we began to make changes in our home instead of, and it wasn't just all on me. It was me looking at myself, my kids looking at their pieces, my husband working. It was a family effort. And after several years of that work, the, one of the mentors that I was working with came to me and said, I think you need to begin sharing your story. I think you need to begin supporting families because we shifted and we found hope from almost all is lost. We're not really sure we even like this family too. Okay. This is really hard and this is really exhausting and we have relationships that we want to engage in. We are seeing growth, we're experiencing progress and yeah, it's still hard. And we had continued to have a lot of years of hard. That's just a part of the game. I didn't know that then, but once we began to feel that progress, instead of tr me trying to control everybody and make it work, it was us linking arms and walking through the hard together. And that felt so different. It felt so different for us. And, and that's when I began learning and, you know, I'd had years of learning at this point from counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists and coaches and pediatricians and walking through our own fire, but it was taking all of that and, and working with a mentor to understand what I had learned and now, and how to share it with families. And that's what I get to do now. So yeah. I'm not coming from a place of, I have it figured out. We are all in the mud together. And that's what I get to share. That's beautiful. I have to tell you, I totally connect with your story because even though the circumstances were different, a lot of our story parallels each other. Mm -hmm. We were having struggles with my ch a couple of my children. They were this, like I said, the circumstances were different, but the whole reason I got into this is because we did all the counseling. We did the therapy. We were doing the work. We were, we were struggling, but we were still in it and, and doing everything. Like you said, we didn't have podcasts as much back then or all these extra little, you know, things that we can just grab onto now, but with what tools and resources we had, I was just trying to soak and pull in anything, trying to, and I struggled. The failure thing was huge for me. Like why can't I help my own kid be happy? Why can't I make this work for my kid? Why can't I, and it was really discouraging to feel like everybody else had their kid together and their family together. And what was wrong with mine and why couldn't, what was wrong with me so that I couldn't do this for my family? Yes. It was heavy, heavy, heavy. And, mm -hmm. but there, you went touched on something else too, which is when you, when we get to our point where we're like, I can't do this anymore. I've got to have some extra help. I've got to have more resources or tools or whatever. And we go to either a counselor or a therapist or a coach or whatever. 
then we feel sometimes, not everybody, but now all of a sudden it's like, sometimes there's shame or embarrassment or guilt that we're like, well, I've been in therapy now for all this time. I've worked with a person now all this time. And, and why can't I get it together faster? Or why do I, I mean, I don't know. There's just some shame and some stigma sometimes that at least back then was a lot bigger than I think it is now. Cause now we talk about this stuff more and we are open it and there are more resources, but, um, what do you say to these women who like felt like us, like we were failing or not good enough or that we were, everybody else had it together except for us, or I'm in counseling, but I've been here for so long. I've been working with a coach for so long. Like, what do you say to those women who are just still in the thick of all that? I would want them to hear a, they don't have to walk the path alone. And even and that when things are hard, when things are painful and they, you have big feelings about things, right? Because I think that's the other thing. We still are pretty skilled at hiding. We're pretty skilled at hiding how big we feel about things. And we're a little embarrassed. And what I want to share and what I am learning every day, hard, painful, difficult, overwhelming does not equal bad and does not equal failure. That is the path, our path. And, and I hate that guys. I want to walk along a smooth, it can be gravel. It doesn't even have to be concrete, but a smooth gravel path, maybe a little dust on my toes with flowers lining the side. And if I have to stop and pick the weeds every once in a while, I'm good with that, but there's gotta be flowers and it's gotta be smooth. And so then when I find myself like climbing over the rocks and skinning my knee and my elbows bleeding and I'm like out of breath, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Why is this so hard? That is the adventure of being in a family. And that is the adventure of living it. You're going to be breathing hard and you're so strong. Yeah. You're going to have blood dripping down your elbow sometimes. And I, my heart just wants to wrap itself in my arms around every woman and say, I wish you could see what I can see when I look at you. I wish you could see how much better you're doing than you really think you're doing because you are progressing. And yes, I see, I see your mud stained tears. I see them and you are so strong and so courageous and moving forward. My little girl, I've said this before, but my little girl, one time she was, she was 14, 15 at the time. Um, she said, mom, I hope you tell all your parents just to keep showing up because they have a kid who doesn't know what they're doing, who is counting on them. Wow. That's powerful. From isn't that powerful? Yeah. And I think, isn't that the truth? Our kids don't know the way and we watch them stumble and we watch them feel big and try to navigate all of this. And when we do the same and we are kind and allow ourselves some grace, it gives them permission to show up in the messiest of ways and have hope that they're not broken. They're not lost, that they will find their way through. Yeah. And that's a powerful message for our kids and for our families. Um, you know, I still work. I, I had a big counseling appointment yesterday. Um, I have a therapist that I work with consistently. 
because the only way I can show up in this work that I do with families and stay clear is to have somebody guiding me and helping me find my home base over and over and over again. So if it's taking longer than you think, and it's harder than you think, I hate to, I hate to admit it, but that is the path. Yeah. And, and you're not, you're not off path. You're right. You're on a path that not very many people are willing to walk. Yeah. And the destination, the end destination is so glorious. If you stay on that path, the gifts and the blessings and the end results are so worth it. It's so worth it. You'll look back and say, oh, the path really wasn't as bad. Like it was so worth it to have this moment now, to have this goodness now. Yeah. And and I think for myself, I have, I, my life seems to unfold and I think everybody's does, but for me, some of the greatest learning of the last couple of years is the idea of paradoxes. Mm-hmm. And so I've found a lot more peace in the idea that I am happy. And two hours later, I'm curled up in a ball, sad. Yeah. I am confident and sure. And then I really need some reassurance and I'm really uncertain. Mm -hmm. And, and those parallels go together Mm -hmm. and And finding, I think one of the great journeys, the destinations for me is not an end point so much as it is an acceptance and a peace in accepting the both. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you remind us that you can have the highs, excuse me, the highs and the lows, even within an hour or two. Mm -hmm. And, And that's normal. It's okay. It's totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean you had a setback just, you're just feeling things as you're moving along your path. So it's beautiful. I really love that. Yeah. I think if I can add one more thing to the counseling piece or to the coaching piece, wherever people decide to get help. Um, I've already shared that myself, we, we actually have somebody that everybody in our family works with Mm. and, and that, you know, after years and years, really what we were experiencing was was trauma over and over again in our family because of some of the different circumstances that were unfolding. What I couldn't recognize way back then is that the, the child who was struggling the most needed what was hardest to give. Oh yeah. And that was a depth of love and acceptance and support that I didn't have in me because I was so focused on changing the behavior. Mm. And what he was trying to communicate was that he had some deep needs. And those needs were rooted in pain. He wasn't out to get me. He wasn't out to ruin me. He wasn't out to to hurt me or make our family hurt. He didn't have the ability to communicate. I am hurting. I am in pain. And I need help. Mm -hmm. And so if you have somebody in your family who is struggling, hold that thought in your mind and, and maybe get curious what might they be trying to communicate with me? And trust me, I know the feeling of, uh, what are they trying to communicate with me? They're trying to stink and ruin my life. That's what <laughs> right. they're trying to communicate with me. Don't give me that garbage. I know, I know, I know. And underneath it all is, is some is a greater need. And that's where we often need support in our families. We need a perspective that's different than our own 
We need education and insight that's that's not emotionally wound up. And that's what outside sources can offer. You know, we had, we helped this child uncover and have continued over years to uncover and heal from what he needed healing about. We learned that anxiety was a strong thread in four of the six of us, completely unknown, completely unsupported. And it was running my decisions. It was, it was starting to really impact how I functioned every single day. And it showed up differently for each one of us. For me, it showed up as control for another kid. It showed up as anger for Mm -hmm. another kid. It showed up as chronic stomach aches and I can't go to school. I don't feel good. And for another kiddo, it showed up as extreme silliness and goofiness. Yes. And that last one was the hardest to, I mean, we were, we were, we were swimming with confidence in the anxiety pool at that point in time. And it still took us a long time to understand what was happening with that last kiddo. And all of a sudden one day I went, oh my gosh. And we were talking to the counselor and I'm like, this is what's happening. And it was like a puzzle fell in to place, you know, those last few pieces. And once we realized that was how anxiety showed up for him, then we could go, okay, now we know, but it took, it took a lot of outside support, even in, and I was, at, I'd been coaching at that point for five years. Wow. And so even in my own, doing my own work, helping other families, I still needed an outside perspective and somebody else to guide us in that journey. Mm-hmm. So I asked the question, how can anybody raise their family alone? without that. That's what I'm always asking him. And and it can be paired with, oh, that's because I'm such a loser. Mm -hmm. No, no, I just need that support. And so that's kind of how I've come to view it is that that outside support is my right hand man. And now with kids, I have my youngest is 16. And each of my kids still, one of them actually doesn't, three of them are occasionally meeting and they manage their own appointments. They manage their own needs. They know how to call her and ask for help. They know how to reach out and say, I need support. And they, and they still engage with us as parents, but it becomes, that's a valuable gift. Huge. To know how to go get help. Absolutely. So that's sorry. That was a long answer, but I just thought, you know, we need support and that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love you to, I want to just touch on a couple comments you made because this was so powerful and so important. Um, one of the quotes I heard a long, long time ago was, um, that what children can't speak out, they act out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love that too, because that helped me with my own parenting, but it's helped me with some of my clients is sometimes we can't, we don't know what's going on, but when you see a child acting out or being anxious or, you know, um, depressed or bullying or all kinds of things, I mean, any of those things are acting out in a way that is not who their normal character is the majority of the time. That's a really good clue to a parent that there is that deep pain in there and they don't know how to word it. They don't know how to explain it. They don't know the words around it. So they're giving you a clue. 
They're giving yeah. you a really big clue. They're saying, I don't have the words. I don't know how to share this. I don't know what it is because this is new for me. I'm just a little one. I don't know this, but something inside is really not right. And so it's hard then as a parent because like you said, you had a kiddo who was laughing at you. I've heard other stories where kids are hitting or, you know, swearing or slamming things like, but those clues as a mom, I think we often go to the, just what you and I were doing for a little bit of this, our stories, which was, we take it personally. We feel like we weren't good enough or failing. And really it's not even about us in those right. moments. It's really not about us. And it's hard to step out of those shoes for a minute and stop and say, hold on, let me open up my heart to this little stinker right now, this one that's being a little stinker and say, is it possible that there is something that is causing this child pain? This child doesn't know how to put the words, say the words, I'm scared or I'm hurting or something like that. So I love that you brought that up because I think mamas, we, when we get scared and feel not good enough, then sometimes we act out in a way because we're in pain now and Definitely. we don't have the words. So then we are reinforcing and repeating the pattern. Mm -hmm. And so I love, love, love that you brought that up because that is so important for a mom to realize, Hey, let me put a pause button on my reaction for a minute or my hurt or my, um, inadequacies or whatever it is. And just stop and say, this is my child. How does this child need love right now? How does this child need help to resolve this pain, this suffering they're feeling, but it's hard to do. It's a skill that has to be practiced a lot. It's that's hard. important. That's yeah. important is it is a skill. And I would say for myself personally, you know, there's a myriad of skills that we can learn as a parent. And I would say this, that I, when I think of it, I think of the skill of empathy, right? When the ability to pause and see another person in their place, not in my place and how it impacts me, but in their place, that was the single hardest lesson I had to learn and continue to learn. Yeah. And we, we always, I feel like we talk about it and even myself, like you just got to stop and get curious and connect, you know, all the things, but it is work. Yes. So much work. Oh yes. So yes. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it is work and it, it is a new skills, a new way of parenting, a new way of looking at things. And you're not going to get it right the first time and you're not supposed to. Mm -mm. It's just I had a like, mom. Go ahead. Oh, it's just to say, it's just like working any new muscle or any new yeah. habit. It's, it's not going to be perfect day one. Yeah. No, I had a mom one day stand up at the end of a session. She kind of looked at me and she's like, so you're just telling me to be patient. Oh, <laughs> and she was so deflated and so defeated. And I was like, mm, yeah, no, yeah, no, because it was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, but it not in the way that you think I'm not telling you that you should already have this figured out or that it's easy because call it patience, call it empathy, whatever you want to call it. It's a very active process. Yes. And it is a skill set that requires some learning of knowledge, some practice and just over and over and over and over again, learning. Yeah. So I, I always think of her and I think, oh, I don't want to tell you yes. I don't want to tell you yes, because in your mind, that means 
I'm failing because I'm not patient and I should be able to love my child in this moment. Yeah. Mm, okay. But no, not in the way you're internalizing it. It's we all struggle and we get to learn a new, a new way. Yeah. I've said for years that one of my greatest teachers for every area of my life, but especially my own personal growth is my child, my most difficult child has been my greatest teacher. And I wouldn't be where I am. And I'm not talking about like my job. I'm talking about, I mean, that's part of it, but who I am now and who I've become and the parent that I am, which is not perfect, but far better than I used to be. Same, even in my relationship, my marriage, I'm a better person because of the lessons that I had to go through or, or got to go through or chose to go through. Um, because of difficult children mm-hmm. and, and maybe difficult children is not the right words there, but because of their challenges, because they were difficult for that child and for me, but that is my greatest teacher. I often pray often and thank my father in heaven for the blessing that came with those challenges because they brought me to somewhere so much better. I would echo that 100%. And And when I think this, you know, the kiddo who helped really transform our family through their challenges is now 20 Mm -hmm. and is one of my dearest friends. Yes. And it has been a beautiful path of learning together and learning to trust one another in our imperfections. And, And I I just feel the same gratitude, feel gratitude that a relationship that was at stake in those early years, because, you know, it wasn't like at six or seven when I started, you know, this, it wasn't like those problems went away. Right. We, we really worked for years and years and years and years. And, and I, I know that can sound and feel discouraging, but it's also just true and real. And I think it's important for us to share that with listeners that, the process, we are in a process. We're not at a one and done. Right. And and if we can remember again, pain, difficulty, hardship does not equal bad and it doesn't equal failure. Then I think it helps us see those moments as the teacher that you're talking about, right. That we can, we can, and, and the, the most wonderful thing is that that's where we develop our relationships. That's where we develop our connections it's not just in the vacation moments, walking along that paved flower path. It's extending a hand and reaching each other up and lifting them over the, <clears throat> lifting them over the boulder. That's where our hearts become knit with a deep love and respect for one another. And that is just hopeful to me. Yes. Me too. In the heart, we can connect. Yes, I agree. And in the heart, I don't know exactly this, but I like to believe that when my child looks back later on and at her childhood, uh, that she would then say, you know, it was my mom who was always there. It was my mom who stood with me. It was my mom, even though she was upset or stressed or struggling, but she was still there. Mm -hmm. She was still there. And I think we can send a really strong message to our kids. Like we're still in it for you. We don't get it and we're going to screw up or whatever, but I'm still in it with you. I still am here. And I think that's powerful too, as we do our own work 
and just keep like your daughter said, just keep showing up for them. Just keep showing up even imperfectly, but mm -hmm. keep showing up because that truly is going to be as they get older and they look back and they become their own parents. They're going to be like, that's where the connection, that's where the love, that's where the depth was. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's really important. Just keep showing up. Your daughter's really wise. <laughs> it is wise, almost wise enough to be dangerous sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she is wise. Another thing I wanted to just throw out there, um, and partly because this is the subject that always catches my ears because I'm an anxiety coach, but yeah. you were talking about how each person in your family, their anxiety showed up in a different form of expression. And um, I teach all the time that every human being has their own unique anxiety signature pattern. While we share some similar things that could overlap, we're all going to have feel anxiety in a different way with a different intensity. And we all have our own unique pattern. And so I love that you kind of touched on that even within one family, Every person in your family, you're all related. You all live in the same house. You probably have some similar habits or traits or patterns, but every person is going to feel something and express something in a different way. And I think when we're, no matter what the parenting issue is, whether it's behavior, whether it's mental health, whether it's just teaching skills or habits or strategies, every single kid is going to do it different. Yes. And so as a mama, I've had to learn, and I'm sure you've learned, and I'm sure you teach some of your, your clients this, but you can set up a system or a pattern or a, a process for the family, but you have to also be flexible a little bit because even as the mama is like, I got the perfect plan. This is what we're going to do. Your kids are going to learn and interpret and process and do things different than you. And that's hard, I think, for mamas because control comes into that sometimes. Like, no, you have to do it my way because this is what I'm the adult and this is what I've learned and this is what we're doing. But sometimes we have to be flexible as moms and that's hard sometimes to do. Do you find any of that or is that just a lesson I've had to learn? <laughs> oh, no. I probably just me, good. probably just okay. me. That's all you. It's all you. My family does what I say and I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> Yeah, they're exactly. Oh, Never mind. Just scratch yeah. all this. <laughs> I think it's a universal. I, I really do believe it's a universal truth. And in the framework that I teach with my families, it, it that that very same principle shows up. Um, let me gather my thoughts for just a second. I believe, particularly as our children, particularly as our children get older and enter those teenage years and emerging adulthood years, this is one of, this is at the core of the challenges parents face. Yeah. Because it is becoming clear. And if I'm being honest, it really becomes clear about nine. Yeah. Eight and nine, you start to really see how little control you have and how many choices belong to the child. Yes. And that if they're going to grow into their own unique, empowered, incredible human, our journey as a parent is learning to shift from a place of control and trying to ensure safety to trust and influence. Yes. Because influence will always be more powerful and always be more impactful 
in our families. And what that looks like is this, it works like looking from principles, Mm -hmm. right? And it works, I'm trying to think of how to short say it super short and I don't know that I will. How's that? I'm just gonna get myself to talk for a minute. It looks like, it looks, it takes practice and it's recognizing, okay, whose problem is this? Is this mine or is it the child's? Of course it's mine, I'm the mom. Yes, and whose is it really? If my child doesn't wear sunscreen, I'm in Arizona right now. If a child doesn't wear sunscreen, whose problem is it really? Well, for a two-year-old, it's my problem, right? Right. But for a 17-year-old, it's the child, and much younger than that, really. But I'm using 17 as an example. It's the child's problem. It's the child who's going to get sunburned, who's going to maybe get dehydrated. And they get to learn the process of taking that ownership of that problem. And, and I, I'm going to stop there because I don't want to spin into a whole nother area, but that's the challenge. Yeah. That's the challenge of having our families get bigger is trusting them. One kid's going to need to learn that lesson once. Mm-hmm. Another kid is just going to be certain that they don't need sunscreen ever. Right. And I have to be willing to let them figure that out at some point, or we're going to fight, 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 fight. Yeah. And another kid is going to be like, you know, white covered in sunscreen because they're like, of course I need sunscreen. Haven't you heard the odds about skin cancer? Right. Right? It's going to be different. And that's the beauty when we can learn to function at a family. And I think this is where managing our own anxieties comes in and, and the work you do comes in so strongly when I can sit at the beach and be like, okay, you're white in sunscreen. You somehow think you are immune and I might have to offer you a reminder and you'll be like, oh yeah, okay, I'll put it on. Yeah. And, and we can still enjoy a day at the beach in that space. That's the, I don't know where I came up with that analogy, but that's the process of learning to allow people their space. And then I meet them where they're at. Right. Right. That kid who doesn't wear sunscreen back in the hotel later on, I'm not going to be like, yeah, well, no, I'm not buying you aloe vera. You're, you're stupid. You're an idiot. I told you to put, I mean, I can show up that way. And sometimes I will show up that way, but I'm going to be like, oh, dang. Yeah. I rub your back. Mm-hmm. Can I get you a nice pack? Mm-hmm. You want to do this again tomorrow? I yeah. certainly hope not. But if you do, I'll still be there when you get sunburned yeah. and we'll walk together. And isn't that for a mom at least for me, I guess I won't speak for anybody else, but for myself, when I started learning that parenting style, as my kids got a little bit older and I surrendered that everything had to be perfect so that I didn't feel like a failure, when I allowed for flexibility from myself and then also with my kids um, and allowed them to like make some more choices as they appropriately at the right age and stage, of course, but freedom and peace for me. I don't have to carry your burden of your sunburn. Mm-hmm. I'm here with some things to help you feel better, to learn from your lesson. I'll hold that space for you, but I don't have to carry the weight of your decision. It doesn't make me a bad parent that you're sunburned. That is freedom and peace that is so much better. It makes it so much easier to show up the next day and deal with whatever you need to do. So I don't know. Freedom and peace is a huge one for me with, with I would agree. 
I would agree. And it's almost like, you know, I get to be at the beach instead of pacing on the shore, I get to go dip my toes in the water or I get to grab my board and I get to go out surf. I give myself permission to in this process. And as a family, we give each other permission to live. Yes. And that feels like this huge rush of air into my soul and that freedom and peace. Cause it's like, okay, we can try this. And we might be super successful or we might not, but I know if I'm not, and I'm not talking about abusive patterns, strong codependency pattern. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about age appropriate learning. Um, I mean, I guess it would apply to some of those other things too, but, but we get to learn that I have somebody I can count on. And we might even be able to laugh at the fact that I'm sunburned, right? That's freedom. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you have, you look at this. This is, I love you. This is sad. And this is hilarious. Yeah. And, and then we go, okay, let's move forward. Yeah. So it is a tremendous amount of freedom. And it's, to me, I feel like it's the freedom to live. I agree. hundred percent. I think about like the expression, you know, they say all the time, you know, don't cry over spilled milk. You know, it's kind of like that a little bit is we surrender some of that little stuff and just laugh about it instead of crying about it or worrying about it. Like the little stuff, the kids are going to make mistakes. They are going to find their own personalities. They are going to do their own thing. And what about just laughing through so much of it instead of with them, not at them, with them though. A big difference, big difference. But just having fun, like, okay, so the milk spilled. So you got a sunburn. All right, let's just roll with that. What's next? That's a whole different level of happiness in a family. It is. And, and I'll say for me, sometimes if I'm going to laugh, I actually have to cry first. That's okay too. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just whatever comes. Yes. It's, it's, I, or I might be laughing in the kitchen and then, right. Cause this happens a lot. I'm going to be laughing in the kitchen and we're going to roll through it. And then I'm going to go into my bedroom and I'm going to have a good cry. Yep. Totally allowed. I'm going to go back out. And, yep. and so it's just making room for all those things. I love that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were going to share like one tip or strategy, we've already covered some really awesome ones. Is there any like other last thoughts or phrases or tips or insights you want to share with people who might be listening today and have one of those kids that is still in the thick of the struggle and maybe that mama quite hasn't figured out that that kid's acting out is really a cry for help. And it's hard to hug a porcupine. Like, how do you, right? What do we say to that mama today? (laughs) To that mama, I want her to know she's not alone. Yes. Not alone. And she can't, she has wisdom in her. She may not have all the answers. She may not have the information and, and the definitive answers but she has an inner voice and an inner knowing for her child. Yes. And if she can find, and when I say find, I mean, you know, scrap, grapple, dig deep (laughs) and find a quiet space amidst that chaos and know that she is good, that she can be trusted. And if you feel something's not right with your kid and you feel like, there's more to the story, or you are just out of answers and you need help, trust you and get it. Don't wait too long. Yeah. You're not alone. And there are good resources of support available for you. 
Absolutely. And there's no shame or embarrassment for getting it. We've all been there. We've all done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are good. You are good when your behavior and your child's behavior is not that great. Yeah. You're still really good. That doesn't change. Yeah. I love that. Perfect. So as speaking of like good resources, you are an excellent resource for some of these families and some of these people. And so is there a way, tell us a little bit about what you offer, what you do and how they can reach out to you if they want to, um, um, well, if they need you, if they need your, your support. Yeah. So right now, the easiest way to find me, I'm on Instagram at build family connection. And I have a podcast and it is the build family connection podcast. Here's what I love about my podcast is every episode is under seven minutes. Mm -hmm. I think I only have one or two that go beyond that. And we laugh about that because it was about my kids telling me that I talk too much. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) They're short and they're just little drops of reminders and redirection that you can invite into your life. So come listen there. In the fall, I will be releasing an online course. That's not ready. It's in development right now. Um, But information for that will be on Instagram in the fall. And I do offer one-on-one coaching. Summer's a little bit tricky because schedules are a little, I take some time off, but um, I can be reached by email or DM on Instagram. Awesome. That's fantastic. We'll make sure that one of those links is uh, posted in the notes for this podcast too, so they can reach out to you easily. And I have to just say, I have listened to several of your episodes um, from your podcast and they are, because they're short, they are like little golden nuggets. And so ladies, for those of you mamas who are listening and who are like, I just need some little nuggets because I only have a few minutes and I just need a little nugget of encouragement or inspiration or tip or strategy. I really encourage you to listen to her podcast. It's really fantastic. It's short and, but it's massive quality. So you get everything you need in five minutes or seven minutes or less. So and it's, it's fantastic. So Thank um, you. you definitely know how to speak to a busy mama. That's for sure. You've mastered <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today. It's been so much fun to talk to you. I know that some of the messages and the tips and the um, thoughts that you shared are going to touch somebody. There is going to be a mama who's going to be listening to this and going, this was for me. They did this for me and it's going to touch your heart. And if it's only one, then that's perfect. We just want to make sure that that one mama out there who needs some support and needs to know that she's not the only one we've both been through it. And who knows how many other mamas, it's a huge number. We've all been through it. And some of us who are still just a little further down the path, we're still on it too. We still have to keep going. We still scrape our knees and we still stumble and fall, but we've gone a little further down the path. And so we can help you navigate the part that you're on. And Michelle, especially I, like I said, parenting is not my, my super strength, um, but it is hers. So I encourage you to reach out to her if you need her and, um, or anyone else, whoever you feel comfortable, please reach out. You and your kiddo do not have to suffer and you do not have to suffer alone. That's the most important thing. There are people to help you who love you and are cheering you on. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again, Miss Michelle. We're glad to have you. And um, I just, as always, want to list, uh, not, I want to wish, I'm tongue tied now. <laughs> I want to wish all of you an anxiety free 
and a gratitude-filled day. And we'll see you next time.